Hallelujah. I'm missing my little candle lighters, huh? <laughs> Hopefully they're going to show back up. Hallelujah. I appreciate um, every year that we, you know, we have traditions. We love traditions. Yeah. And, um, but you want your traditions, and I encourage you in your traditions that you seek, that you have an honor of Jesus as we celebrate the Christmas season. I decorate. I love Christmas. Um, Pastor Kevin's mom loves Christmas. She always had all of the children at her house on Christmas Eve to celebrate. And she had gifts and more gifts for everyone. And this whole season is a time of preparing ourselves as we celebrate again this season, the Lord's birth. And so maybe you have some traditions that you do, but now I would encourage you that you would come up with some traditions at your home that celebrate and bring Jesus in, and what we this whole season is really about, and I'm sure those of you that are watching do do that. And so I appreciate that for many years I've been doing this Advent, Advent um, candle lighting, and again this year, uh, every, every Christmas, we go through just the celebration of, of the light that came and the angels that appeared before the coming of the Lord because there was, everybody was told there were some supernatural things that happened. Right, Nevea? Hallelujah. Do you like the supernatural? Do you like, uh, would you like to see an angel? Would you like to see an angel, a real angel show up? Hallelujah. Well, that's what happened in these stories. So these are not just stories. This isn't just fiction. This isn't make-believe. These are real stories. These are real people. Hallelujah. And so the story that we're going to talk about this morning before Pastor Kevin comes is the story about Mary. Now, do y'all know who Mary was? Was she the mother of Jesus? Okay. And so I'm going to take it right from the Bible, okay, because you can trust the Bible is true. The Bible is true. It is God's word. It is not just words that people speak. It is God's word. It was God breathed. And it's living. It's actually alive. So when you take it, we went somewhere the other day and everything has energy. Well, this word has energy. Come on. This is light. And so when you take it and you read it and you hear these stories and you put them in your heart, Nevaeh, when you put them in your heart and you ponder them, right, they will feed you and they will, they will lead you in other directions and good ways. Amen? So let me just read the story and you girls can come up and light the second candle. And this is the story about uh, Mary. Hallelujah. And you remember we talked last week about Zechariah, that he um, was visited when he was in the temple, and he was old, and his wife was old. And he was told by the angel that he was going to have a baby. His wife was going to have a baby. And he did not accept it. He did not accept that word. But it was still going to come to pass because the angel, the angel... Uh, hallelujah. It's, it's a little difficult to get that lid, isn't it? <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
and so uh, he, they were really, he, he wasn't so, he, he's in the presence of God, this angel shows up, and he still wasn't going to believe it. You know, are you like that? Sometimes some things happen around you, and they're so vast, and you should really believe it, but you don't even believe it because it seems too good to be true. And so let's read here what, how this happened here with Mary. And it says, in the sixth month, the angel another angel, Gabriel, was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth. And he came to see a virgin. She was already engaged. Talk about this was not a, a situation she was expecting, right? And it was the sixth month, in that sixth month, she was espoused to a man whose name was Joseph from the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail. This angel said, Hey, you are highly favored. Hallelujah. The Lord is with you and you are blessed. And I want you to know that you are today highly favored in Jesus. And you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed. And, and when she saw him, she was troubled again. These angels, when they show up, you're not like, oh, okay, I'm going to just talk to you. You're, you're in like, wow, oh, something's going on here really big, right? And so, and, he, and so when she saw that angel, she saw him, she was troubled. Instead of rejoicing, she was troubled at what he was going to say. And the angel said to her, fear not, fear not. We just sang that song. Don't be afraid. Fear not. God is with you. And, and he said, and the angel said, you found favor. That means blessing. You, that means God's looking at you in a special way. And it said, the angel said to her, you shall conceive in your womb, and you're going to bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This angel gave her instructions. This angel told her what was going to happen, right? And it says, and he, and he, this angel even told her what the name of the child. We've named all of our children. God told us what the children's names were be, to be. Nevaeh, you were named by God. You know, heaven. Backwards, right? Hallelujah. Amen. And so all of you, Kinley, you were named, and we are all named. He has, he has given us names. Hallelujah. And it says, and, but he said, not just in that name, he wasn't just going to be the name of Jesus, but these are the things that are going to be about what Jesus is going to do. And it says he's going to be called the son of the highest. He's going to be the Lord God. And he's going to be given the throne of his father, his great grandfather, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob and, and his kingdom, there shall be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Seeing I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is kind of like a dove. We just really got a flame going, girl. We did. This great. Hallelujah. I was going to start a bonfire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to start a fire in you today, I tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and so, so this angel gave her the instructions about Jesus, what he was going to be like. 
And she said, how can this be since I don't know a man? Because she was engaged. And the angel said to her, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And the power of the Almighty is going to overshadow you. And this thing is a holy thing that shall be born of you. And he, it shall, he shall be called the Son of God. And then the angel even told her that her cousin was already pregnant. So, I mean, this angel gave her a lot of information. Now, we have, in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit, who does the same thing that angels do. He tells us, he warns us, he tells you the names, he, he speaks to us in here, amen? And it's, and so, and behold your cousin, who's also conceived a son in her old age, this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for with God, this is so key, if you don't get anything, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary just responded, behold, I receive. I thank you. There might be something impossible for you today that you say, this is impossible. But I want you to know that with God, nothing is impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed. And then Mary went on. And then Mary even came up. She sang a song. You know, God likes music. He likes songs. And I, there's a Hannah has a song. In the Bible, Hannah has a song. You wrote a song. God just got a song. Hallelujah. God is so good. He gives us songs and because he loves worship and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And, and so Mary had a song that she sang which we sing sometimes about how the Lord has magnified the lowly. We sang it this morning. He lifts the little. He lifts the obscure. Isn't it wonderful to know that he's not looking for you to do the impossible. He's just looking for at you to yield to him doing the impossible for you. Amen. And through you. And so I encourage you as you celebrate, as we go on to celebrate this, this season, make room. This is always the season to make room in your heart. Get rid of the stuff. This is a time of putting away the old. We throw away all the wrapping paper. We throw away, but there's some things as you get prepare. Get, go ahead and prepare room this season for Jesus. Expect the unexpected. Expect the supernatural. Expect angels. Hallelujah. Would you like to see? I'm a, I'd like to see. Would you like to see? I, I'm I, have, I have an expectation. Vicki came in this morning. She says, oh, I've got an expectation. Something's coming. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Spirit saying, get ready. Something good is coming. And I encourage you. Maybe some you've had some difficult times this year. But get your focus up on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to him and expect, get your expectation, not of another, another bad thing to happen, but an expectation of a divine deliverance for you from, from a situation you may need divine deliverance from. Get your expectation up to Jesus. He won't fail you and he won't forsake you. Amen. He's just looking for your faith this morning.
He doesn't, and he gave everyone the same measure. Every man was given a measure of faith to begin with. And so he already even gave that to us. So just say, Lord, I just, I know you may have a mustard seed faith, but I'm going to believe you this morning for the impossible for this season. For the impossible as we go into 2021, hallelujah, it's going to be great. It's going to be marvelous. It's going to be super, supernatural. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me just make a couple of quick announcements. Number one, uh, tomorrow, December the 7th, is the prayer saturation meeting. And the, what time are you going to start, sweetie? So we start at 6 in the morning, and we usually end up about noon and so forth. And uh, so we invite you to join. The prayer line is area code 515-606-5179, extension 671072. When they give you the prompt, you put in the extension number 671072. That is on our website, covenantchristiancenter.net, so you can find the, the, the line if you don't uh, have it as well. But you can join us at any time uh, from 6 a.m. To, to noon. You can join us at any time on that prayer line if you're uh, if you're unable to make it in person. And, um, you know, stay as long as you want or you can come as long as you want or, or what have you. So once again, that, uh, that phone number is on the website. So we invite you. We do it once a month, and they're always... Wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, times. Also, want to remind you of February the fifteenth. This upcoming February the fifteenth is so not that far off. We got. I'm sorry, February the tenth. <laughs> it's even shorter. It's even less time. February the tenth. But we're going to have a tent revival here on the property on uh, February tenth. It'll be right over here, and uh, we uh, encourage you to you know let us know that you'd like to attend. Maybe that you'd like to, to, to do something, you know, maybe to contact your neighbors or contact the people that you you uh, Facebook. know or love or, you know, it'll be on Facebook. And, but we'll have our very good friend Mark Dunphy will be here with us who's experienced in these tent revival things. And uh, praise God, it's a throwback to the, to, to the 50s, you know, a long, long time ago. Anyway, it's a, and we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And we just encourage you to get involved in it be a part of that. So put that on your calendars, February the 10th of 2021. Hallelujah. Beg your pardon. Probably going to go through the 14th. It'll go at least through the 14th. So then who knows from there, you know? Praise God. You know, the great tent revivals of the 40s and 50s, they go for months, you know? So, right? We'll see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Okay, well, praise the Lord. Well, that was wonderful, the the reading of the story there, uh, the Christmas story. And it's, a, you know, like Gail said, it, it really happened, you know. And, uh, you know, historians try to want to put a, uh, you know, some sort of limitation. Oh, yeah, it didn't really happen, you know. It was a story that they, no, 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 it really happened. They were real people, you know. And it was a, it was a real situation. And this Jesus is a real person, you know. <laughs> and, you know, the... Remarkable thing is Jesus is still alive. You know, you might not be able to see him, but he's alive. Well, hallelujah. What I want to talk about for just a, a, a minute, a couple of things. Uh, shoot, I lost my place there. My, uh, you know, we've been talking. We've been talking about the uh, supernatural. Gail was talking about the supernatural, and um, 
you know, I, I, I had a dream probably five years ago or so, and uh, the dream was all about the realm of the supernatural. And uh, like for us in the, Everybody has, when you begin to learn how to interpret your dreams, what happens is you begin to learn the language, begin to develop a dream vocabulary. And uh, like for us, for example, in New York City, is the place of the supernatural. Amen. So if we have a dream about, and the setting is New York City, it's the supernatural. So anyway, in this particular dream, what happened is, is um, I, I, I go to work with somebody, go to work with a woman that I know, we go to work in uh, uh, New York City, and we're there working for uh, the week in New York City, and when the week is over, the, the girl says, uh, now listen, she said, I, I, I'm going home, but you're going to stay here for the weekend, and she said, my sister, I'm going to introduce you to my sister, my sister lives here, now the Bible says that wisdom is your sister, wisdom is my sister, so there's a picture of wisdom, and she said, I'm going to introduce you to my sister, and uh, she's going to show you around the city, you know, over the weekend. So I, I, I meet the sister, and uh, it turns out that I know her, that she went to the same high school that I had gone to, you know, meaning, you know, there's a familiarity that wisdom, there's a school of wisdom. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, uh, so anyway, so, so over the weekend, we, we travel around in New York City, and you know, she knows all the subway stops. You know, she knows all where all the landmarks are. She knows how to get there. She knows everything about the city. And, you know, I've been a hundred times and I knew nothing compared to what she knew, you know. And so, uh, anyway, so, so the, the, anyway, the dream ends and I go home, you know, the following week. But the meaning of the dream was that when you dwell in the supernatural, you begin to get wisdom over the operation of the supernatural. And once you have wisdom over the uh, operation of the supernatural, then you can begin to move around quickly because you know exactly where to go, you know exactly what to do, you know how to do it. So this realm of the supernatural was never meant to be an unknown realm. It was never meant to be something that you had no idea how it operated. In fact, if you will begin to learn how it operates, you'll learn how to move around quickly. You'll learn how to move, get around to the place. You'll learn how to live in the realm of the supernatural. And I will tell you that once you have dwelt in the realm of the supernatural, you'll never want to go back to the, to the natural again. Because there, there's just, there's nothing quite like you know, dwelling in the realm Amen. of the supernatural. Amen. So my, uh, uh, so I, we want to encourage you, you know, as we talk about the supernatural, it is a real place. It's not a place that you make up in your mind. It's a, it's a real place. And it functions with a different set of characters. It functions, with a, uh, it functions with a different set of rules than the realm of the natural does. It's not that they're uh, more complicated. It's not, they're just unfamiliar. And what you have to do is you have to get familiar with the operation of the supernatural. And uh, you'll hear us talk from time to time, you know, about that. I tell you, one, one, of the, one of the most important elements of dwelling in the realm of the supernatural, and I'm just throwing this in for free today. It's not part of, you know, what we're going to talk about. I just want to throw this part in for free. One of the most important elements that we've learned about the supernatural 
is you want to look for the fingerprints of God or, or the footprints of God in wherever you go or whatever it is you do. Because when you see his fingerprints or when you see his footprints there, you realize he's been there before you and he's prepared the place for you to go. Now, I can't tell you exactly what a footprint looks like. You know, I can't tell you exactly what a fingerprint looks like, but you know it when you see it. And, um, you know, we, we went to, uh, we, 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 we saw a new doctor um, here a week ago. And um, the guy did, you know, did, did, we just saw a couple of super things that happened that were so incredibly supernatural that we realized this is a place where God led us. You know, this is a place where God put us because the things that happened were so incredibly supernatural that it just, you know, it, it had the fingerprints of God all over it. And so depending upon what you're believing for, the fingerprints look different or the footprints look different, but you know them when you see them, you know. If you don't see those footprints, you need to tread lightly because it, it means that you may not be in the right place or it means that you may be in the right place, but you may be there prematurely because everything God does has not just a, a situs or a situation or a place, but it has a time as well. And uh, you, you don't want to miss not only the movement of God, but you don't want to miss the timing of it either. Because if you get there too early or you get to there too late, what should have been a miraculous situation for you becomes meaningless, you know. In fact, it might even be, uh, it might even be, the, be, be, be something that becomes a disaster because you got there at the wrong time or the, uh, at the right place. And one of the absolute keys to getting there at the right time and the right place is obedience to what, what God's commandment or something that God says if he gives you an instruction. You, you, you cannot hesitate. You, you can't wait if you get an instruction from God. You have to be there when you're supposed to be there or you miss the element of the supernatural. Anyway, praise God. That's just a little commercial about the supernatural. Hallelujah. My... Um, my uh, one of my sons was my my, my uh, oldest son who has two two grandchildren. He uh, told me about a dream that he had last week, and uh, it was a fascinating dream. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to him about um, something he was supposed to begin to do for his children over, over his children, and um, and and it related to basically a confession to change the circumstances and situations. And we, for many years, have had confessions over our children and so forth. We speak things over our children. But this was very unusual, what, what God had spoken to him to say. And it was, it was it's clear that it related to uh, the DNA that his children possess, that, that some of which came from me, some of which came from his mother, some of which came from his wife's mother, and some of it. So, so they are a, 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 a they are a group of their DNA is different than mine, for example, because you know they have four different people's DNA, and they are susceptible to things that I'm not susceptible to. And what the Lord was saying was, you need to begin to make declaration over this, Amen. and uh, you begin need to begin to speak it so that you can head off, so that when your children come to the age and the place where these things might happen to them, they won't happen, you know, because you've, you've established a spiritual principle and you've established a spiritual law. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me years ago. I got, uh, I got pneumonia one time. And uh, 
who just violently, violently ill with uh, pneumonia. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, uh, I said, well, you got pneumonia, you know? And I said, I can't believe that. I, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you say I got it, I got it, you know? But, uh, you know, I have a covenant with God on this healing thing, and I just cannot believe that I had have uh, pneumonia. And uh, so anyway, so, you know, I, I, I prayed about it, and he gave me the, you know, medication and so forth. And uh, so I got over the pneumonia in pretty, pretty short order. But as I prayed about it, the Lord said, well, you, the Lord said, you were in unforgiveness toward this person, you know. And it opened a doorway for the devil to bring in sickness and disease. And I remember the situation. It was a, a couple that came to the church that made me so unbelievably angry over, over a situation, you know. And I let it cross over into uh, unforgiveness. And uh, the Lord said, now, you know, you open the door to, you know, the, for, for sickness and disease to penetrate your covenant. And um, you need to repent. You need to forgive right. them. You need right. to uh, close the door. So I did, you know. And uh, so that's that, that's what I did. And it, it left in pretty short order. And uh, I told my doctor, who who is a, a Holy Ghost guy, you know, he went to Oral Roberts University, and has been our doctor for many many years. I, I told him what happened, and he just <laughs> he kind of gave him the meal grin, you know, the meal grin. That, <laughs> It's like, I don't hear that story very often, you know. In fact, I probably never heard that story before. <laughs> but that's how it works in the realm of the supernatural. You see, because we believe for supernatural protection from sickness and disease. We believe that sickness and disease has no place in our household or in our life because we are supernaturally protected by our covenant. So it was a short time later, and uh, I'm out praying, and... Uh, and I'm out praying about it. And the Lord said, you know, this, this pneumonia business, he said, uh, uh, you, you know, you're young and you're strong. I don't know what, how old I was when I got it. He said, you know, you're, you're young and you're strong. And uh, he said, it's, it's not, uh, you know, pneumonia, you got pneumonia and it wasn't going to take you out. You know, he said, but it is the devil's strategy to eventually take you out with pneumonia because there's a memory in the cells of your body that gets developed when you have something similar to what cancer, cancer is the same way. There's a, there's a memory in the cells of your body. And the Lord said, you need to begin to speak to the cells of your body. And you need to begin to tell those cells to erase that memory, erase yeah. the memory of pneumonia from the cells of your body. And he said, if you will do that, what will happen is the devil will never be able to take you out with, with, with pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so basically the dream, the, the, the dream that my son had was a similar type of situation, only it had to do with, with what his posterity is, is similar to. But it's an, it's an, it's a, uh, uh, so, so it's a word from the Holy Ghost. It's a word of wisdom from the realm of the supernatural. It's a word of direction. And uh, I guess what, what uh, struck me uh, about that is that that is so incredibly rare to get a word like that, that you begin to, uh, uh, to, to deal with that situation. It's so incredibly rare that we need to know what it is because we want that word. We want that, that, that uh, uh, direction. And so that's what I want to talk about here for just, just for a minute uh, here today. 
but but uh, uh, but before we go there, let's say this. Let's so you know God speaks to my son about this is what you need to begin to do for your children. You need to begin to do this because they're not old enough. They won't they they won't do it. You know they just they don't know. But you as their parent and you as the authority over their lives. And then you as the one that are in covenant with me and they're in covenant with me through you, you can begin to do this and you can begin to change this situation. Uh, you can begin to change this uh, situation. And I want you to read, this is 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse, um, let me see where I am here. First uh, Timothy, well, we'll start at verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. To Timothy, my son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm, 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 uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm looking for is um, where he talks about the faith that dwelt in his mother. Where is that? Should you find it? Yes, it's in um, Acts Second Timothy. Second Timothy one. Yes. yes, I'm sorry, I have it marked here. <laughs> Just to show you that, that Rev Kev is fallible. <laughs> and I don't have all the numbers and verses fully, addresses fully committed to memory. Yeah. He says, uh, okay, let's go back here. Let's, let's start that again. He says, uh, verse 3, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I thank God, whom I serve with my forefathers with pure conscience and without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day gladly desiring to see you and being mindful of thy tears, which I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your mother, grand, grandmother Lois, and my mother Eunice, and, and in which I am persuaded that dwelt in thee also. So in other words, what he's saying there to, to Timothy, who he has a you know, covenant relationship with, what he's saying to Timothy is, listen, there's a faith in you that was put in you from your parents. There was things that your parents had done. And, you know, that's a wonderful thing. That happened to, to me. My, my mother's here with us today. She's 92 years old. And she, you know, she all of her children were saved as a result of her faith, were saved as a result of her declaration, you know, as a result of her praying for her, her children. And it was her faithfulness that ended up saving all of her children. Well, when you think about it, I mean, it was, it was her faithfulness that saved all of her children, all of her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, and so forth, because it all stemmed from that seed. So I just encourage you, you know, I mean, it's true that your children, they all have their own right of choice, and they do. And they, ha they all have to make a decision for their own. But there's certainly a place of putting the seed in there. And the seed of the word will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose of what God intended. And it is exactly what God intended. Anyway, the, the other thing uh, about that, though, is, is it was an incredibly unusual event. It was an 
know, I want to, I want to close. Let's look at Mark. Let's turn over to Mark 11, 22. And we're all very familiar with this passage. You know, this is the principal passage in the entire Bible. It is the principal passage on faith. This is along with Romans 10, 19. Uh, this is the principal passage in the Bible that explains how faith works. But it begins with Jesus, and I'll read the whole thing. It says, Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, if you put that in the context of the dream, that uh, my, my, my son had, that's what, what happens there is you've got to speak it, you've got to say it, but you've got to believe it first. But there is a precondition that we really don't talk that much about, and the precondition is verse 22. Jesus answering to them says, have faith in God, have faith in God. And I guess the, the, the you know, the, the, the idea is that he's speaking in this passage, he's speaking of both sides of belief. You know, later on he talks about the things that you say and the things that you believe when you're believing for specific things. But what he begins with is have faith in God. And what he's saying there is that in order for you to function with faith, in order for you to function in the realm of the supernatural, there is a belief that is required of who God is. Who is God really? Is he really a God of faith? Is he really a God who will respond to you based on your faith? And we see that in story after story in the Bible. But the problem is that people don't believe it. And, and it's something that has to be cemented in you. It's something that must be cemented in your heart. If you're ever going to see the supernatural function, you have to come to the place where you believe that God wants to do the supernatural for you, that he's willing and he's able to do the supernatural for you, and that you can engage him in that realm. That's what faith really is. See, there's a covenant. We have a covenant. And, and uh, the function of the covenant was not that you would uh, be, be uh, chastised if you stepped outside the boundary. It was that if you lived inside the boundaries, you would give him permission to do things for you that he doesn't do for other people. I'll say that again. If it, the function of the covenant and the lines, and Psalm 16 says, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places and I have a goodly heritage. That, you know, I've quoted that in my confessions in my private time for years. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And I have a goodly heritage. You can get outside the lines. And when you get outside the lines, uh, Romans chapter 1 talks about uh, people who got outside the lines. And it says that God gave them over to the operation of uh, the, the operation of a reprobate mind. God gave them over to the operation of a reprobate mind. In other words, they got outside the lines. And all of a sudden, God wasn't limiting the things that could happen to them. He wasn't limiting the problems that they could have. Well, as long as they were within the lines, he was protecting them. He was issuing a protection. 
even if they weren't fully living according to the covenant, as long as they stayed within the boundaries of the covenant, as long as there was a reasonable belief in the covenant, as long as there was reasonable faith in the covenant, Amen. he could help you. He could deal with you Amen. because the lines had fallen in pleasant places. But if you consistently get outside that line and you consistently reject what you know to be right, you consistently reject what you know God has for you to do, sooner or later he's going to give you over to the operation of a, a, a reprobate mind. And we've all met those people who, who did things that you just couldn't even believe. Well, people who do these shootings, you know, and things like that, the, the, the shootings, the, the bombings. Suicide bombers and things like that. Those people have been given over to the operation of a reprobate mind. And your mind and my mind can't even go there. You know, I mean, we, how, how did they ever get over there? We, our mind can't even get over there. It's because there are lines that were placed for us. And they were in pleasant places. And, and God is protecting us. And he's protecting principally. The battleground is the mind. The battleground is, is, is with you and the devil begins in the mind and it ends in the mind. And that's where you have to win the battle. And that's where the lines were drawn was in, in the mind. And you just, you've got to stay within the line. If you consistently reject God's leadership, if you consistently reject God's chastisement, you know, you consistently reject the operation of faith, God's going to allow you to get over into the operation of a reprobate mind. But there's a place of belief, there's a place of faith that I have the lines, that I'm in the lines, that it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't just, it, it didn't just happen, you know, but I've made a decision that I'm going to stay within the lines. And if I stay within the lines, what happens is it allows God to chastise me, it allows God to move me. But it also allows God to do for me the supernatural things that he wants to do, that he wanted to do. See, there's a place of belief. Once again, that Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. True faith in God, which what he means there is to believe that God wants to do good for you. That he's not out to chastise you. That he's not out to discipline you because you, you know, because you, you, know, you, 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 you fell out of line. In fact, Romans 3.31 says that it is faith that establishes the law. It is faith that establishes the promises. See, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, We have exceeding great and precious promises that we would be partakers of, of the divine nature. Think about that. We have, by covenant, we were given these promises that we would be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature is never broke. It's never sick. It's never needy, it's never hungry, it's never lacking of anything. It's always sufficient, it always has enough. That's what it means to be in covenant with God. That's what it means to be a partaker of the divine, uh, the divine promises. And that's exactly what God intended for every one of us. But there's a place of faith to believe that. There's a place of faith to believe that God has good for me, that he's not out to just discipline me, but he wants to bring me the supernatural. And it's the only way you ever get over the place where it begins to speak to you about things like, you know, begin to say this, begin to do that, begin to, 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 to speak this. We had back in, um, around, I don't know when it was, like 10, 2010, 11, 12, or thereabouts, we, we had some extremely difficult economic circumstances that happened were just beyond our control. You know, there was, a, there was an incredibly economic, uh, there was an incredible economic collapse. And God
God began to speak to us in dreams and visions about how to survive and how to get out of that. And basically, it was his leadership of do this, do that, don't do this, don't go there, don't go, don't go here, don't go there, go here instead, do this instead, don't do that, do this instead. And it was a, it was an extraordinary, just absolutely extraordinary uh, thing. But we believed God for it, you know. The fact that there wasn't, the fact that there, there were, you know, economic circumstances that happened beyond our control. They were beyond our control. There was absolutely nothing we could do about it. But he gave us instructions on how to get through it. He gave us direction of the things to do. As an extraordinary, I still, I, I, I don't know if I have them with me today here or not, but I still I have them all written down on a, uh, a piece of paper. And I still go through them every day because it wasn't just for that season, but it was for to continue on with the things that God had for us. But there's a place of having faith in God and believing that that's what he wants to do and believing that's who he is. See, uh, Psalm 103 says, forget not all your benefits. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life with loving kindness. He, uh, he renews your youth like the eagle. That's my personal favorite, is he renews your, <laughs> your youth like the eagle. And he does. I can assure you that he does every one of, of those things. But there's a place of believing him for it. In other words, if you don't believe that he's able and you don't believe that he's willing to do that, you'll forget them. You'll forget the benefits and you won't begin to, the, it's the confession. Now, to, it's the second part of this. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Thou shalt believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he says. He's given you the key to the operation of faith. The operation of faith is have faith in God. That's first. Secondly, have faith in the promises of God that he's able to perform that which he said he could perform. And then you begin to speak it. You begin to make your declaration. You begin to say, that's how faith works. It's so simple, it's hard to, hard to mess that up, you know. In fact, it's very difficult to mess that up because it's so simple. But the problem is people don't do it. It's so simple that people don't do it. Because there's a, a, a think of it, think of faith is like this. Let's say that you were gonna buy something on Amazon. So you go on, on your, your the Amazon website and uh, they tell you, you know, this item's out of stock and you know, and this happens, I mean, this certainly happened to me. And they tell you this item's out of stock, we're gonna ship it in two weeks. And you give them your credit card number and they say, okay, we're gonna ship it in two weeks and we're gonna pay you in two weeks. I've never given another thought, you know? I mean, what happened was Amazon said that I, I, I gotta pay for it, they're gonna get it and they're gonna ship it. I don't ever give it another thought. Most people have far more faith in Amazon than they do in God because they're the same way, you know? I mean, if Amazon said they were gonna ship it, they're gonna ship it. But if God said that he was going to heal all your diseases, that he was going to take sickness and disease out of the midst of you, surely that would have more value. Surely God's word would have more value than what Amazon said. But people don't see it that way. And so as a result, they don't make the declaration. And they don't continue making the declaration. I mean, what they, what he, what this is, the, the true meaning of this is 
you believe and you believe and you continue believing and you continue believing and you say and you say and you continue saying and you continue making that declaration. So it's not a one-time event. It's not a one-time event. That's the way faith works on everything is the, the, the believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You continue to make that declaration. You continue to speak. Oh, that. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Really, the question is, is, you see, most people have an extremely limited view of the possibilities of what God will do for them. Not a limited view of what God is able to do. Not a limited view of what are the possibilities that God might do for other people. It's a limited view of what he might do for me or for the individual person. And, and you know, people say, well, maybe God did that for you, but you wouldn't, might not do that for me. And the end result is the moment you say that, he will not, you know, because you've already limited the, the, the situation. You will rise no higher than the declaration that you make. So the end result is, the question is, what will he do for me? You know, that's, that's where having faith in God revolves around what will he do for me? Would he be willing to do everything? If I forget not all his benefits, will he perform those benefits for me? I'm in covenant with him. And, and again, we, we, you know, we focus on this particular one, which is I'm going to take sickness and disease from the midst of you. He means that. He means every single word of that. He will take sickness and disease from the midst of you. It's not such a big deal when you're healthy. But if you're sick, it is another matter altogether. And, you know, people who have sickness and disease, they got sickness and disease in their body. It's hard to be thankful for the prosperity that you might have if you're sick. You know, it's hard to be thankful for your, 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 your posterity, your children, your household, your the things that God did for you, if you're sick. And uh, it, it becomes difficult to be appreciative and thankful for much of anything if you're really sick. So what you really need to do is you need God to take sickness away from the midst of you, and he will do that because that was his promise. That was his covenant promise. But there's a place of having faith in God and believing that God will do what he said in his word that he would do. That's what he'll do. He'll do that for me. If he said he's going to, you know, if he said he's going to renew my youth like the eagles, then he's going to renew my youth like the eagles. And I will assure you that that is 100% true. He will, he will do that. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's a great, that's a wonderful thing. It's, a, it's absolutely a fantastic thing. See, the problem with most people, and this is the key to the realm of the supernatural, is they do not they, they, what they have difficulty envisioning, they cannot believe for. If you have difficulty envisioning that God is going to heal all your diseases, that God's going to keep you free from sickness and disease, then you're just going to have difficulty believing for it. You're going to have difficulty. You're not going to call it in if you, you don't believe for it. So the reality of the realm of the supernatural is to be able to believe God. And, and I'll give you an example. We, we, we had a, a, a meeting, it's probably a year, year and a half ago, it was a, it was, it was a, a meeting with a, a group of people that we, we knew, and the objective was to pray for the city. And uh, there was a, a couple there, so the, the woman was there, the husband was not there, he's doing something else, but the woman was there, the woman that we knew, they'd been in the ministry.
since we met them 30 years ago. And uh, she was telling me that she had a grandson, her, her, her grandson was in prison. And uh, that he had a long sentence and how you know horrible they, they felt about it. And I said, well, are you believing him? For, are you believing for him to get out of prison soon? Now? You know, you believe it my way? Well, it had never occurred to her to believe that God would get the guy out of prison now, you know, rather than later. And uh, th there are people that that happens all the time. You know, they're the, what do they call the, the, the Innocence Project, you know, they get people out of jail that have life sentences that have no hope of ever getting out. They get those people out, you know. There are all kinds of situations like that where the question is, what can you believe for, Amen. you know? And, and now they hear this woman, she's been in a, and she's a wonderful person. And, you know, we love her to death. She's a great, great person. Love her to death. That's a horrible expression. Isn't it? <laughs> we, we, uh, anyway, we, we, she's a wonderful uh, friend of Gail. She's a very good friend of Gail. A, a lovely, lovely couple. But the thought never occurred to her to begin to say, begin to pray for him to get out of prison now. You know, and that's the that's who we are. Our minds get darkened because unless our minds are expanded by the presence of the Holy Ghost, unless our minds are expanded by the meditation of what God can do for us, then we don't. Our, our mind never goes there. And if you don't believe for it, it's probably not going to happen. You know, I mean, you, there's a, there's a place of believing for it. It was a good example. There are all kinds of prisons. You know, there's a prison of addiction. There's prisons of, of bondage. There's prisons of habit. Uh, there's all kinds of different prisons, and they all work the same way. You know, you get inside the prison, and you got to get out of the prison, and, and sometimes people don't believe for getting out of the prison. You know, the, the solution, I'll tell you, this is from a, from a person who, who uh, used to smoke. The solution to stopping smoking had nothing to do with willpower had nothing to do with, with, you know, resolve. When I was delivered from the power of addiction by God, that was it. It was done. And then all I had to do was, was walk it out. The most powerful way to get out of any prison is have God open the door for you. Amen. That's what happened in the story of, of, of Paul and Silas. They're, they're locked in the middle of the prison in the middle of night. It's the Bible says at midnight they began to sing praises unto God. They began to worship God. They're in prison. There's somebody watching them in the prison. They're in stocks. They're they're bound in every respect. When they began to worship, when they began to pray, what happened is the stock fell off, and all of a sudden they were released out of prison in the in in, in the darkest hour, in the darkest hour they, they were released out of prison. So the best way to get out of prison no matter what prison it is, is for God to open the door. So if you, like, let's say a person has a true prison sentence, you know, you don't believe for the thing to go quickly. You believe for God to open the door for you to get out. Amen. You know, that's the supernatural. That's the realm of the operation. It's the same way with any prison. Once again, the prisons of bondage of addiction, the prisons of bondage of alcoholism, the prisons of bondage of, of addiction to tobacco, or uh, uh, bondage to uh, 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 poor relationships, you know, or uh, uh, 
architecture, anything that holds people in bondage, the door to that prison can be opened by God, but you've got to believe for it. And you need your mind open. That's why the, the have faith in God is not just about faith that, you know, we're going to be able to endure the thing. No, it's that God can do the supernatural, that God can do what you what you could not even believe for, which was so uh, uh, beyond you. That's the function of the supernatural. It's the purpose of the supernatural. It's the way that the supernatural works. And he's the supernatural God. And that's what he wants to do for you. He wants to do the supernatural. You know, I was in, in, in my, my uh, former life, I was a CPA. I practiced as a CPA for many years. And, uh, and I met a lot of people in, in, in that business. And many of them were very successful people. You know, people who, who had built really successful businesses and, uh, and had become wealthy. And, um, you know, that, that was basically who I represented, was that people had, had, that, that had uh, be, become wealthy. Most of them worked very hard and that they, you know, did the right things and they had the right attitudes and, you know, they believed the right things and they had a good product and a good thing. That's how most of them got there. And it took a long time. It took a lifetime. But there were a few who God visited them with a wonderful idea. God visited them with some supernatural, you know. There's very few. But God visited them with some supernatural. God gave them, God gave them a release from things that would hold them back. That God would move for them supernatural. That God would lead you here. He would lead you there. He would give you this situation. He'd give you that contact. And all of a sudden... What, what becomes a lifelong journey happens almost instantly. You know, it happens. And it is, it's not only, it's not just possible, it happens. It absolutely happens. It's happening to us. I mean, we're, we're watching God do things that take would take your breath away. The, the, the unbelievable supernatural things that, that, uh, uh, that we're watching God do just take, literally take your breath away. But there's a place of believing that he's able, that he will. Have faith in God. Amen. When you have faith in God, now you can begin to call forth that thing that be not as though it is. Now you can begin to speak over situations and circumstances. Now you can begin to believe for them. God, I believe you. Like, let's go back to my friend, our, our friend, you know, who's got the child in prison. It never dawned on them to do that. And to this, now today, I don't know, I haven't seen her in a couple of years probably. I don't know whether they're doing it or not, you know. If they're not, it's just, you know, you, you can move from ignorance to stupidity. And then you can move to stupidity, <laughs> which is a higher level of stupid than, than stupidity, you know. I mean, because it's because you knew better and you didn't do it. And you knew better and you didn't do it. And you knew better. That's stupid. <laughs> and there are many times I've been stupid, you know. always be a new day. One of the glorious things, what happened was when the people of Israel got ready to leave uh, Egypt. They were in bondage in Egypt. And uh, what God said to them was, okay, we're going to start the calendar all over again. We're going to, we, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to declare that this is the first day, the first year, the first month. And, uh, and, and go for it. In other words, God spoke to them, you can change the calendar. You can begin any time. I say this is a new day, Amen. and it becomes a new day. You can change any 
situation, anytime. And so, so here we are now, we're, we're, we're coming down towards the first of the year, and people make New Year's resolutions. You know, you can make a, a resolution any day, any time, and you can begin a new year that moment, that, that, that day. And that's a far more effective and far more powerful way to do it than trying to wait for, you know, for the, uh, the first of the year. Well, hallelujah, I had a, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, but <laughs> we didn't get there, so we invited you have this good-looking woman in the front row. I want to invite her up here. We were talking about Luke, and I just, we're going to take the tithe for bringing our tithes, folks. Get in front of the camera. Bring the tithes. But in that Luke story, it's one of my favorite scriptures, and it says, and blessed, that's you, blessed is she that believed that there would be a performance of those things that were told of her from the Lord. Amen? So she, she was blessed because even though she didn't understand how this was going to happen, right, she believed the word. And we don't have to figure out how it's going to happen. We just have to trust that we, we see it. We hear you, Lord, that you're saying you're going to do this for me. Amen? We don't have to know. We just receive it. We say, thank you, Lord. We receive this promise. Amen? I mean, there's some impossible situations around, right? I don't know. We can talk to a lot. Of, there's some people locked up in nursing homes. We're going to march around the nursing home and praise the, some, sing, sing some songs. And we're going to see the walls come down and this virus will open the doors to the nursing homes. Uh, would you do that? I mean, because I saw it in Joshua. Would you do what you see here? We do it. We, we take hold of it. We stand on it. Amen? Just like the tithe. There's a story about a, 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 a man. We were at the doctor's office, and it was in the doctor's office, and how his daughter was in the pool and got her hair caught in the drain, in, in the, 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 what is it, the filter? And yeah. she drowned. She was in there for like five minutes in there. They pulled her out, and they started, you know, praying for her, calling on Jesus, and he started up from in here. He started to declare, I have tither's rights, which means... If I bring my time, he will rebuke the devourer for my sake. Amen? You'll open the windows of heaven. He knew that. He was a tither. He gave to the Lord. He set himself to be in agreement and, and give of, of, his, of his earnings and to set, set up a place for the Lord in his tithing. So when that situation happened, he started declaring, I have tither rights. I have tithers. Now, he knew he had them. He believed that word. Though he, this death of this daughter is right before him. He knew the promise. He spoke, and I, she got revived. She got no brain damage. She got, I mean, it's, it's been on different people have talked about it on different, you know, different um, ministries have talked about the story, but it was so neat because I saw it again, and I said, Kevin, look at this, Pastor Kevin. This is what we talk about. We have tithers' rights. Amen. And we resist those attacks because we know that we have a covenant with the Lord. And so those of you, maybe you've stopped giving. Maybe you don't go to church. Maybe you've not ever even heard about um, making, you know, bringing the Lord in and, and, and getting him involved in your finances. But I tell you, when I learned it, when I was single, I tell you, everything, 
I believe Kevin's a result of the tithe. I tell you, it was just, I mean, there were just so many different things that the Lord did when I began to, to you know, to, began to start to give. I mean, I was a giver. I would give wherever, whenever I would go to church. But when I started to tithe, uh, I saw God do supernatural things. So we're talking about the supernatural, and there's different ways you can do it. If you just take one of the things that we talked about today and, and, and put it in your life, Start to believe God. Take a scripture and stand on it and start to believe God for him to perform it for you. Amen? Pastor, let's pray, pray, over, let's pray over the tithe. Hallelujah. We, we, again, don't forget tomorrow morning's prayer at 6. Amen? And then we're going to have revival, so we need you to be praying with us. Come, come with us. We're going to have a little get-together for those afterwards. We'll have some lunch for you ladies that come. And uh, we're going to pray a little bit more on the revival and find out who, if you want to be a part of it, you have a gift that you'd like to bring for the revivals that's going to be here in February, please let us know. We want to expect, expect to have Spanish interpreters. We're, it's going to be, we're going to have a good time. Hallelujah. Amen. So, Pastor, will you, let's pray over that. Hallelujah. Father, your word says that if we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in your house and prove you now herewith. That you will open the windows of heaven over us. You'll pour us out blessings we've not room enough to receive. And you will rebuke the devourer for us. And Father, we just thank you for those things. We bless you. And we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'll tell you two, two, two quick stories of the function of the supernatural. One is um, there was a time back, I don't know, maybe it was, it was a number of years ago. Was, I don't know, six or seven years ago. We were in this incredibly difficult difficult straits and I mean we had nothing mm -hmm. and uh, these people came to the church they were coming to the church and they had gotten a real word about where they were supposed to move to right. and uh, so anyway comes the time they're supposed to move you know they got everything all ready to go and the Lord said he said I want you to give those people $300 well I had $300 but that was about it you know I don't think I had much more than $300 and, uh, and, you know, and I said, Lord, you know, I, you know, I don't have much more than $300. We're believing for a whole lot more than that because just, you know, the operation of our business and our properties and that sort of thing. I said, God, I just, I don't have much more than that. And he said, well, he said, you know, they don't have any gas to get where they're going. And he said, I need you to give them $300 so they'll have gas. So... We did, we gave him the 300 bucks that he could get. And the next morning, the Lord spoke to me in prayer, and he said, now, he said, you need some money. He said, you can get some here, 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 and here. And the total of all those things was about $150,000 or so, which we really needed in order to sustain the business of it. From a $300 seed, you know, that's a supernatural, that's the operation. But there was a, it's a directed seed, you know, that's what God, God spoke to. And that's what we needed to sustain the business for, you know, for the period of time that we needed to sustain. We had another time where, where um, and this was, this was not, so, not so long ago, where, um, you know, I was just kind of meditating on a thing. And, and one day the Lord said, uh, uh, why don't you, uh, he said, uh, why don't you start calling that in? So I began to begin that day to call it in, begin to call it in every day. And it wasn't, it was, it was a big deal. And maybe a year later, it came, you know, because that
that's how it works in the realm of the spirit. You call forth that thing that be not, and so it is. I mean, you can sow for it, but if you're not calling it forth, you're not going to see it. It's the spiritual principle of calling forth those things that be not as though they are. That's how it works in the realm of the supernatural. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Don't forget the prayer meeting tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a privilege to be able to come into your home. I know that you have other opportunities of things you can do on Sunday morning, you know. And so it's really, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to speak into your home and to be able to speak to you. And thanks so much for tuning in.